Gani merhaba everyone. Welcome to the eighth episode of Sesta and Island Talks podcast. This is Meltem calling from Famagusta. Three weeks ago, the U.S. Supreme Court has voted to overturn Roe v. Wade, thus ended the constitutional right to access safe abortion for millions of U.S. women. Following the decision of the U.S. Supreme Court, eight red states already restricted the access to abortion or banned it totally. It goes without saying that the lives of many women are affected by the decision as many will have to travel to another state in order to access safe abortion, which is a significant reproductive right. This situation causes a lot of stress to health workers as well, since many abortion clinics in states where abortion is still legal are now overloaded and patients have to wait for weeks, despite that abortion is extremely time-sensitive. As the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg explained in 2019, preventing the fair access to abortion impacts the lives of poor women mostly, since they are the ones who cannot afford to travel to another state. It would be wrong to state that abortion rights are only restricted in the U.S. The abortion rights of women all around the world are constantly attacked in our post-truth era by different religious, social and political institutions. For instance, in Poland, a European Union member state and a state which has to abide by the European Convention on Human Rights, access to abortion is strictly regulated to the extent that it is practically banned and many women have to travel to a neighboring European country to access safe abortion, of course, if they have the means to. An estimated 100,000 to 150,000 illegal abortions take place every year in the country, activists say. In Nicaragua, abortion is completely illegal, also in cases of life-threatening complications or pregnancies caused by rape. Even in countries where abortion is legal, there is no guarantee that it will always state as such. For instance, the Chinese authorities stated in 2021 that they intended to reduce medically unnecessary abortions without explaining how. In light of these developments, today we will be elaborating on abortion with Fezile Osum, an award-winning human rights lawyer. Fezile holds an LLB degree from the University of Kent and an LLM degree in human rights law from Istanbul Bilgi University. She is currently a PhD student at the University of Central Lancashire and her research involves conflict-related sexual violence and transitional justice mechanisms. She has been awarded the Senesh Fellowship for the years 2021 and 2022 for her PhD research. Fezile has been an active voice in civil society in Cyprus for gender equality, LGBTQIA plus rights, and human rights for more than a decade now. She worked in EU-funded Comet Project and also at Strengthening Asylum in Cyprus Project, implemented in partnership with the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees. Fezile is currently working as a refugee rights and anti-trafficking program coordinator in the human rights platform under a project funded by the EU. She is also registered in the Cyprus Turkish Bar Association and is a member of the Human Rights Committee of the Bar Association. Last but not the least, she has recently been nominated for the U.S. Department of State's International Women of Courage Award for her work on refugees, anti-trafficking and LGBTQIA plus rights. Dear Fezile, thank you very much for accepting my invitation and also my dearest congratulations for your outstanding nomination. It is such a pleasure to have you at SESTA today. Thank you very much, Meltem. Thank you for having me today. Many abortion groups draw on horrific baby photos at many public demonstrations, including in protests next to abortion clinics in the U.S. and in many other parts around the world. 
The baby photos which are used are mostly covered in blood and do not represent accurately the prenatal development which corresponds to the first three months of pregnancy where abortion is enacted as an absolute right. These abusive protests target abortion seekers and providers directly, infringe their reproductive rights and privacy in the 21st century. So it is important that we begin this episode by defining the basics. Legally speaking, what is abortion and why is abortion an important reproductive right? So thank you for the question. First of all, the examples that you give in the U.S. and around the world is very tragic, considering that women have been fighting for the right to abortion for so many years now, especially starting from the second wave of feminist struggle since 1950s and 60s and onwards. So it's very sad to see that we still have such debates around the world. And we see a backlash in the U.S., as you mentioned. The research shows that at least 34 or 35 million women in risk due to this Supreme Court decision. What is abortion? Basically, the legal termination of a pregnancy. It is accepted as part of the human rights, but at the same time, we should make it clear that it's also a very controversial subject when it comes to human rights law as well. Well, some human rights advocates and lawyers argue that the right to abortion comes under the right to privacy and is really related with a woman's right to choose on what to do with her body. However, some others, and also in the US, in Europe, wouldn't count it as such. In some human rights mechanisms, the abortion is accepted as a part of right to health because basically it's a medical process and in countries where we see that this medical procedure is not allowed legally or is allowed legally on paper, but in practice made so difficult by the authorities to access that right, that women have to go under unsafe options of abortion, which puts their health into great risk. Illegal abortion might be done by people who are not medical experts, and second, it may be done in settings that are not hygienic and appropriate for such a procedure. And in some countries, in some contexts, it's both. So when you have such a situation, you would have a woman losing their right to life as a consequence of this procedure or having impairments in their bodies until the end of their lives. It is really, in my opinion, a right to health issue but also right to privacy issue at the same time. So I tend to argue with both. Because we are still dealing with the basics here and because there are a lot of false information going around, I would like to ask this very basic question to you as well. Why is abortion still a very significant women's right? It is because we continue to have unwanted pregnancies why it can have various reasons. So basically, some people argue that if you have good sexual education, if you have contraception options, then you wouldn't have that much of unwanted pregnancies. However, it's not completely true. Contraception doesn't prevent pregnancy 100%. And on the other hand, you have some religious settings or else you have societies that are so patriarchal that men basically reject to use contraception. You have many examples, especially Middle Eastern countries, some African countries, and even in the Latin American countries, you would see such resistance. So even if women would claim 
to have contraception in the relationship or to protect themselves, it cannot be possible in every country or in every society. So we should never forget that we have so different settings overall in the world that these unwanted pregnancies will continue to exist. And abortion as a right should be raised now more than ever because we know over the struggles of the feminists that the patriarchal and religious communities primarily target women's right to abortion. And why? Because they see family, this heterosexual cisgender family, as the base of their societies, and they want us to continue to reproduce, basically, in their religious beliefs and in their political opinions. Throughout the history, women have never been totally free, and they've never had a complete say on their bodily integrity. And that's why in conflict settings as well, you see women's bodies being targeted as a weapon of war to show victory, to show that men have the power over women. I think that in terms of the way of thinking with abortion and such rape instances have very much similarities. These are both subjects that I work on and I can see the similarities in the mindset of the patriarchal thought. The patriarchal system doesn't let us as women to make our own objective and sole decisions on our bodies and the family and everything around the family, the traditions, stigmatization of women, that women should be a mom, women should take care of the kids. They all follow the same mindset, in my opinion. So when we go in deep, we see these thoughts have never gone. They were never a minority in the world. Still, today, we see that this mindset exists and they're loud enough to even take back our rights, such as in the U.S., our very constitutional rights in 2022. Like you have said, abortion debunks patriarchal mindsets by making women reclaim their bodily integrity. Despite that restrictions on abortion are affecting women mostly, and it is indeed, like you have explained, a women's rights issue, we know that abortion seekers do not solely comprise of women. Transgender men and non-binary people could get pregnant as well. In that sense, what do the current restrictions and bans on abortion mean for the international development on human rights? The LGBTI plus community is a silenced community in that regard as well. We see that, yes, women have limited access to abortion. And even if it's legally allowed, we have a lot of stigmatization around the issue that it makes it so hard to have abortion. And when it comes to LGBTI plus community, you see that they face even more marginalization and harassment when they go and ask for medical care. We see that they are being attacked and harassed by the medicals, basically, much more than cis women. I've read a recent research on that made in the US, which says that around 30% of the LGBTI community that wishes to go through abortion, they report that they have been harassed during this process. And on another topic and on another issue around LGBTI pluses is that since they are mostly the most marginalized community, it can differ in different countries, of course, in different settings. But overall, we see that they are vulnerable to violence, to discrimination, and they lack the basic human rights. You see that they also have limited access to the job market. They may be homeless. 
they may lose the family care, their families may not want to support them. So you see that in terms of financial means, they are also in much worse situation. So when you make abortion illegal or make it very restrictive under the law or in practice, you see that the groups that are mostly impacted by it is the poor that doesn't have the financial means to go to another country, another state. So you see that especially poor people are vulnerable and they would be much more in risk in terms of their life and their bodily integrity compared to others. So I think LGBTI plus community has to be discussed more in such discussions because in abortion throughout today, in the feminist struggle as well, the discussions more and more focused on cis-hetero women's practices. But we see more and more narratives of LGBTI pluses. That's good. And we see that queer communities are not that silent compared to the past. But I think new policies should be developed and their experiences should be counted while making laws or policies on abortion. Let's talk about Cyprus for a moment, because in Cyprus, abortion is still thankfully legal. What is the law on abortion and the procedure to follow when one wants to access it? So actually, Cyprus has not been a liberal society in regards to abortion. I'm talking about the both sides and all communities living in Cyprus. Cyprus first announced its abortion law in 1975, right after the conflict in 1974, which came out of a necessity of the war rapes. This is side of the history is not being thought in both communities as part of the history, but that's how abortion was introduced in Cypriot community. So it came out of urgent necessity. It wasn't well discussed in the society as well. And we see that the societies in Cyprus have been very conservative when it comes to abortion. In the North, we have 10 weeks time limitation. And in the Republic of Cyprus, we have 12 weeks I believe that 10 weeks time limitation in the North creates significant human rights violations because in practice, abortion is not being implemented in public hospitals. Plus, 10 weeks is a very short amount of time for a woman to notice their pregnancy or LGBTI plus to notice their pregnancy and and to find the necessary money needed for it and to go through that procedure. It may not be the case for everyone. As I said, before. If you have the financial means, things are easier for you. But if you don't have the financial means, then you are, again, the most vulnerable. So in the northern part of Cyprus, I believe 10 weeks is a very low time limitation. It's below the European standard. In the European standard, yes, you see most of the countries are putting the time limit around the first trimester, so 12 or 14 weeks. And Cyprus, northern part of Cyprus, is 10 weeks, which is not so lower than the 14 weeks. But still, when we are talking about abortion, even a day is very important and valuable for people because it's a very short amount of time that you need to make up your mind and you need to find the financial means. Although in the northern part of Cyprus, we can say that abortion is legal in practice, since it's not being implemented by the public hospitals, you have such important and challenging barriers against you that basically it's impossible for you to access your rights freely without paying for it. And in the South, I'm not living in the South, but I follow the discussions, of course, 
in the South as well, we see a lot of religious impact on abortion rights. We see that it's not being encouraged. We see that women who would like to go through abortion are being stigmatized in their societies, which this stigmatization also reflects on the doctors. And that may come as a response to people who want to go through abortion in forms of harassment or any other kind of discouragement from abortion. When you have such conservative societies, even if the law is perfect, even if the practice allows you to do so, then you have the issue of this stigmatization, especially in small communities like Cyprus. It's very challenging. So actually, on both sides, abortion rights are not guaranteed. And just for our listeners, I wanted to ask you a specific question with regards to that, because you have stated that abortion, at least in the North, cannot be realized at public hospitals. Is there a specific institute which a person could visit online or offline or call even to get informed and be guided throughout the process? Unfortunately, I'm not aware and I don't know any organizations that work on abortion rights in the northern part of Cyprus. However, we have women's organizations that work on domestic violence, such as Kayat, their name is the full Turkish name. They can contact this organization to seek help. But apart from that, unfortunately, I think it's something that we lack in the civil society. That's something that we should address maybe altogether. Absolutely. I think it could be very stressful for someone, especially if you don't have access to your reproductive rights. And like you have said, that has everything to do with the extremely conservative society in which we are living. My final question, dear Fezile, is about, again, it is about Cyprus. How do you think the ongoing bans and restrictions on abortion around the globe will affect the development on human rights in Cyprus? Actually, until the latest U.S. Supreme Court decision, abortion rights have been developing around the world. And especially in the beginning of this year, we had a victory from Colombia, which made abortion legal up to 24 weeks. And then we've seen in Mexico and in Argentina that restrictive abortion laws were amended. And then we had in 2018 the Irish referendum that came with a positive result in regards to abortion. Abortion is now guaranteed in Ireland as well. So these are all positive outcomes. You also see that international human rights mechanisms are developing themselves in regards to abortion. When CEDA was formed in 1970s, it didn't include any explicit definition of abortion or didn't include it as an explicit right in the convention document in itself. However, over the decades... CEDA developed its decisions and its perspective in that regard. And with the committee decisions, it has acknowledged that it's a part of women's right to health. So I see a development. I was seeing a development up until the U.S. decision in regards to abortion rights. And in Europe especially, okay, Poland has been a disappointing case for us. I believe it's not going to get better anytime soon. However, in the European Union and in Europe generally, again, you see that feminists have been struggling so hard to change laws and they were succeeding it. I can say that it's a very controversial topic still. And uh, it's disappointing to see 
that human rights mechanisms such as the European Court of Human Rights didn't want to take initiative and explicitly refer abortion as part of a right under the convention. That was disappointing. However, I feel like basically societies are more informed about abortion. We see more and more people defending this right. And even in the U.S., the poll results show that the majority of the society, American people, they do support abortion as a human right. So I'm not very hopeless about the future of this right. However, I'm deeply sad about the women and LGBTI plus community that currently struggling in U.S. and around the world to have abortion and maybe they lose their lives or force themselves to go into significant health operations that may risk their life or health. So that's very, very sad. I believe and I want to keep our listeners hopeful as well that although everyone can have their religious beliefs or conservative beliefs, I think we all should learn to say no, when it comes to a person's right to choose and when it comes to a person's right to their bodily integrity and autonomy. Even if each of us might have our own views of how societies should be, how families should be, and how a person should live their lives, we should know that we have boundaries with people when it comes to their right to do whatever they want with their bodies and with their life. A very essence of this discussion. It's a very basic discussion. It has been going on for many decades now. It's very disappointing to see that we are still going through the same loop and discussing the same things. I think we have more and more strong voices around the world and right to abortion will not be easily silenced in any of the continents that we have feminist struggle and especially women defending it so hard. I want to wait for the good news maybe in the upcoming months. Not everything is over. They have the Congress elections, I think, in autumn. I am hopeful that things may change. And I also invite everyone to defend the right to abortion and the right of others to speak up for themselves and their bodies. I mean, Fezile, your words absolutely touched my heart and touched my soul, and I couldn't agree more with you. And like you have said, no, when it comes to a person's right to choose, that is the basis of a democratic society, isn't it? Thank you very much, dear Fezile, for informing us. I think this has been a very informative podcast. Dear listeners, if you have any questions on abortion, you can visit your local women's association or you can also visit Women on Web. They are doing a fantastic work providing pills, abortion pills to women all around the globe. Thank you very much for tuning in. Please feel free to like, comment, or share this eighth episode of Sesta and Island Talks and follow us on social media. Stay healthy, stay with peace, and stay tuned. The first trilingual podcast station of Cyprus, Island Talks, open, diverse, free.